Well, we want to welcome you this morning and on this very busy weekend with weddings and graduations and with uh, the World Cup is being played in Kelowna today. That's the, um, I think it's the juniors, little ones, not the, uh, not the other one that we're all watching with the uh, ladies and, um, and so on. It's amazing, exciting. If you're new uh, to Willow Park Church and you've just slipped in, uh, we want to encourage you to connect with us. Uh, filling one of the connect cards. We'd love to get to know you. You fill that in. A pastor will call you this week. And uh, so put down your phone number and we will call you and connect with you. If you don't want to call off a pastor, that's okay. Uh, you can put your email number and we'll email you, okay? And if you don't want us to email you, then put your address and we'll send you a pigeon with a, um, with a, a little letter or something and we'll connect with you. However it takes to connect with you, we would love to connect with you on that, and we'd love that uh, very, very much. So it's exciting, and um, I'm going to do that. We've been talking about prayer, and we've been talking about the, uh, the difference that prayer can make. And last week, uh, Joel shared about this and about prayer. Um, I'm just going to move this forward, uh, um, and um, look at that. Look at that. Mod cans. Look at this. It's amazing. Um, it's supposed to happen automatically, but the, the, the system under the floor didn't happen. Um, so it's one of those things. Uh, what we've been talking about, prayer, and we're coming to the end of our teaching in, uh, in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter uh, 6. And I want us to move right the way to verse 18. And this is the verse really where we want to linger on. And I want to talk to you, as Joel spoke about prayer last week and spoke about handing over our anxieties and our difficulties, we really want to talk about what prayer means to us and how what this scripture informs us about prayer and the difference that it makes. And of course, what he says is, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. A magnificent uh, couple of verses here. I don't know how you treat prayer in your life. For me, prayer has become one of the most precious and beautiful things in my life. It is something that I can't uh, live without. It is something that I need to build into the rhythm of my life. It's something that if I don't pray and I don't spend time with the Lord, my life becomes out of focus and I face difficulties and I start to think in a very carnal or a very negative way. But what prayer does, prayer enables me to be able to connect with the living God and get heaven's perspective and the word of God's perspective on on issues and problems that we face in life, right? We understand that. And this is really important. Uh, I think it was the great preacher, preacher Lloyd-Jones who said that, that to us, prayer could either be a duty or it could be a delight. What is it for you? 
What is prayer in your life? Friends, uh, what is, is it a delight or is it a duty? Because what Paul is really talking about is building our lives and every ever area of our life. And for you, if you're not a Christian or Christianity is new to you, you may wonder, why on earth would I do that? And, and the answer to that is that God is interested in your life and he's interested in what you travel through. He's interested in what you face and he wants to be involved in your life. And you may not even be a believer, but he really does want to help you with your daily life. But you see, it's a delight. And when I was thinking about prayer as a delight, meditating on Lloyd-Jones' words, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, yeah, what do I delight in? What do I delight in and what do I feel is a duty on obligation? Well, I delight, if you know me, I delight in, 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 I love the ocean. Who doesn't love the ocean? Uh, we don't have an ocean here in Kelowna, do we? But we have the best lake in the world with an ogopogo. And, and it's wonderful. And I love nothing better than to go and to sit by the side of the lake and in the evening and you feel the breeze come across the Okanagan Lake and, and, and you see the birds flying and, the, and the, the sunset is happening and you hear uh, some Albertan in their speedboat going along. And it's great. And you sit there in that moment. I delight in the moments as I sit where water meets land. I delight in that. I delight in glorious sunsets. I delight in long walks. I delight in, in looking at nature and seeing things around me. I delight in a nice hot cup of coffee early in the morning. Yes? And there it is, and looking out over my deck over Upper Rutland, where I live, I, I delight that, and I, I enjoy that. Of course, the one thing I delight the most is going on a date with my wife. She is the most interesting person I've ever met. I just love to listen to her talk. And I love to chat and I love to be, I delight in that. I, I delight in those moments where we sit there and we talk and we chat and we catch up and we chat things through. I delight in that moment. Those things are a delight, not a duty. The danger is if I said to you, oh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, that date with my wife. I've, oh, I've got to do it every week. It's become a right pain. Because the word duty means an obligation or a legal requirement to do something that you feel you have to do. How many of us have ever done that in our lives? How many of us have an uncle in our family or an aunt or a sister-in-law, whoever... Uh, that you feel obligated to go and visit, right? And you're going, oh, I feel... My parents used to say, you know, we have to go and visit Uncle, Uncle Donald. I go, no, no, please, no, no. And they used to say to me, if you don't behave yourself, we'll send you to stay with him. No! <laughs> it took me years to get over healing, okay? How many of us have got that experience? Of course we have. Because we do things out of duty. We visit people out of duty. We engage with things. If I said to you, you know, this, this weekly date with my wife, oh, you know, I've got to do, I feel obliged to do it. I've got to go and sit there and chat to her and talk it through. And, 
Ah, it's, I feel that. You'd look at me and say, Pastor Phil, there's something wrong with you. You need help. You need counseling. You need to meet with the Pope or something. You need, you need something because that is completely wrong. A, a date with your wife out of duty rather than delight is a terrible thing. And it says that there's something wrong with the relationship. And it says that there's something wrong with what's going on. And I guess this is what Paul wants us to understand, is that prayer should be a delight. It should be that we, we engage. And you may not experience that yet in your life. In your journey, prayer may not be a delight. You've been in too many boring prayer meetings. You've gone to church all your life. And, and you've had difficult church experiences. And you have lost that joy of delight in prayer. And what God wants to do is bring that delight back to you. He wants to... Release that sense of prayer within your life. So we look at this verse. It's a great verse. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. On all occasions. What is, theologians will say that when they look at this verse, they talk about the four alls. And we're going to talk about this. But first of all, it is on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, in mind, be alert Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see? So there's four clear messages from this little text that you may not have looked at before that explains to us how we should order our life and how we should order our prayer life and how it should be constructed together. You see, on all occasions, simply means build consistency into your life and into your rhythm and your prayer life should have a consistency that exists. You see, it's the inconsistency that creates the spiritual problems within our lives. It is the consistency in prayer and in reading our Bible and building this that brings the freedom that allows God to speak and allows God to work and allows God to break in. And what he wants to do is to build on all occasions. It's very, very Good that this morning we pray for a family that are going off uh, for a new adventure in life and that we gather and pray for them because they're part of our community. Because this is an occasion and on all occasions we should involve the Lord Jesus Christ in that situation. Mark every occasion with the presence of God. Mark every occasion with prayer. Don't be afraid at your children's birthdays, at times that are important, at anniversaries of spending a market on all occasions with prayer. So, all occasions, what does this really mean? Well, it, it does talk about that momentous moments. And we're talking about those momentous moments when God is at work and where God is doing some things. But it has a, a deeper sense than this. Actually, in the way that it's constructed, it has a sense of seasons. On all occasions where there is seasonal change and seasons are changing and something is happening, then, then, then you've got to realize that when your life goes through different seasons and changes, that we need to involve God in those changes. I don't know what changes you face. 
Many of us change face uh, seasons of change. Say when our children leave home to go to university, and that can be difficult. You become empty nesters. How do you cope with that? On all occasions, pray. On all seasons, allow God to inform you as you come into a different stage of your life what God wants to do in your life. For some of you, it may be a time of retirement. And that may not necessarily mean spending five days a week on the golf course. It may mean that God has a call for you, a way to volunteer, that God has a mission for you. That, of course, may be on the golf course, of course. But it also may be in other areas. The point is, in your seasons of who you are, the call is that in a prayerful consideration, we involve God into every aspect of our lives and we delight to involve God in that see it also all occasions uh, has a very interesting kind of reflection in that idea it, it uses the word discernment that actually when we build a rhythm of prayerfulness in our lives What Paul is trying to say to us in the middle of our battle, in the middle of what we're going through, there is a a discernment that takes place. There's an understanding that happens. You see, through prayer, you start to hear and see and sense and understand what God is about and what God is doing. So you understand that. So in the construct of, of, the, of the way that the word prayer is used in this little verse, it has a sense of discernment. What, what, how can we understand discernment? Well, discernment is a word that, if you look at the Oxford Dictionary, of course you do all the time, as you look at the Oxford Dictionary, it makes this statement that discerning is the revealing of something that is hidden or unseen at that moment, and you see something different. So what it's actually saying is that in our lives, as we go through problems and difficulties, as we build all occasions, we build prayer into that. In that prayerful rhythm, God will reveal his heart. He will show us things that may be hidden. He will direct us in our prayer life and he will enable us to understand what on earth is going on in our life. And believe me, in the core of our families, in our careers and our work, as we move through good times and bad times, as we go through different seasons, when our businesses start to to creak and our careers aren't going as we want, or maybe the pension hasn't worked out how we expected, or maybe Maybe our teenage daughter or son isn't quite serving the Lord in the way that we expected or the way that we wanted. I believe in all occasions we learn to discern what is going on. And we learn to discern how to pray more effectively and be in that place of regular prayer life. Praying for our lives and discerning and saying, Lord, show me what you are doing. Show me how I should move forward. Show me your heart in the middle of this situation. So we're able to do that. You say, well, I, don't, I still don't get this. That's all right. Because I'm going to carry on explaining it. The actual construct of that verse, and, and the words are used in other parts in the New Testament, but interestingly, 
This and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests, with this sense of, of discernment, with this sense of looking around and wondering what God is about and what God is doing, is, is only used in that way in one other spot. And that's Luke 21. Now, you know what Luke 21 is about. If you don't, let me explain. Luke 21 is, is when Jesus talks about the destruction of the temple and the signs of the ends of the, of the time. He talks about earthquakes. It talks about wars. It talks about global struggle. It talks about how we need to uh, bear testimony in a world that is dark. It talks about shakings of the nations. It talks about Jerusalem falling. It talks about punishment. It talks about pregnant women and nursing mothers. It talks about all the signs in the, in the sun and the moon. It's, it talks about a future age and a closer age. It talks about, about an eschatology, that the world is going to change that before the coming of the Lord, there's going to be movements and shakes. And we look at the world today and we see the shaking that is happening. We see a whole Islamic army marching across the Middle East in, in a way that we haven't seen since, since the Middle Ages. We, 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 we know that as they carry their black flags, and I don't know if you've read the Quran, but in the Quran it talks about an army rising up carrying black flags. It talks about that they will conquer Jerusalem. It talks about that then Jesus will return. That's what it says in the Quran. And then Jesus will tell us that we have got it all wrong and that Allah is the true God. So they're trying to live out an eschatology that is untrue and is not true to Scripture and true to the teaching of Jesus through their, what is taking place. And you see all of this and we feel, we hear of this rumor and that rumor and this taking place. So we've got all all this swirling around. And then you have a verse. Verse 36. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to say, Be always on God. On all occasions, be always on watch. The same construct of the idea and the heart of the words used in Luke and here in Ephesians chapter 6 is exactly the same. In the swirling movements of the political world and the shifting tides of nations, do not fear fear, do not be afraid, but find yourself in a place of prayer on all occasions, discerning and watching what is taking place around you. So bring that back to yourself. I mean, we, we're not faced with, we watch it on CBC News, we see the global issues, and we sense that there's something immense happening globally for many people. But what about when you're battling to see your teenager won back to Christ? You're praying for your grandchild. You're praying for a situation and you want to see breakthrough, Paul is encouraging you to really, really pray with discernment. Really pray with understanding. So how did Paul actually pray? 
well, I'm interested in this. And I, I did a little study and I thought, well, I'll look at the life of Paul. Because Paul is our example, isn't he? Paul the Apostle is writing these words and I'm wondering about the way that he constructed his life. I first really encounter Paul, of course, earlier on he was present at the... Um, at the killing of of Stephen the martyr. But I encounter Paul in Acts chapter 9, and there he is. He has been hit by the presence of God. And and how is Paul? Well, the Lord told him, go into the house of Judas on Straight Street, that's in Damascus, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. So after he has met the risen Christ, we find Paul praying. And this is not unusual for a Pharisee, but his world's been rocked. He's experienced a shift. He's been persecuting Christians. And suddenly he meets Jesus on the road and he bodily resurrected Christ. And he's rocked. And what is the response? Is to be on his knees and to be praying. We see him in in Acts chapter 20. And he's on a, a journey from, from place to place. And he finds he's with the elders. And he talks to the elders, that beautiful speech. He, they weep together. They hold each other. They cry together. They, 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 they hear the words of Paul. It is a most moving chapter of brothers in Christ and gathering together and then says when Paul had finished speaking, it's quite a long speech, he knelt down with all of them and he prayed. And then we find that he gets back on the boat and he moves around, he ends up in Tyre and where he instantly arrives there and he seeks believers out. So he lands and you think, oh, you know, I land in Tyre. I don't want to hang out with all those Christians. I'm going to go and just sit by this little restaurant by the ocean. I'm going to ignore them and, you know, not let them know that I'm here. I'm going to take a rest here. But not Paul. He just seeks them out. He gathers them together. He brings them to the beach. And when it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. And all of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city and there on the beach we knelt and prayed he was having a beach party he was praying with the wives and the children they were one big lovely gathering of all of the families and all of the people in Tyre and he gathers them together he says now come on let's kneel let's pray together I just love that image And you know these kind of images, we're in danger of becoming so professional in Christianity that we lose the simplicity and the beauty of all occasions, kneeling together, blessing each other, praying for each other, being on the beach party of prayer with the sand between our toes. Because not only are we redeemed, but we are God's people and he loves it when we commune with him. When he finds himself in the temple... In Acts chapter 22, he has a great revelation from the Lord that he's got to get out of town. 
And uh, we haven't got time to go through all the scripture, but I returned to Jerusalem after this and was praying in the temple. He would go and find the holy spot. He would go amongst the people. And there he would seek the Lord in the temple. And it was there that he fell into a trance. The Lord said, they're going to be after you. They're going to kill you. You need to get up and leave. I've got to send you on a journey. And he's saying, but Lord, I have, they know that all of this. He said, no, you've got to get out of town. And there in the temple, and eventually, of course he's on his way to Rome to the court he gets shipwrecked he ends up on Malta he gets bit by a snake and he shakes the viper off and it goes into the fire and they go whoa there's there's amazing amongst us the leader of the island says come and pray for my father so he goes there in, in, in Acts 28 and prays in the room of this leader's father and spends time praying And his father was sick in bed, suffering from a fever and dysentery. And Paul went in to see him and after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. I love it. In other words, all occasions mean all occasions. It means build it into your rhythm, build it into your life. And then, of course, in the verse, it uses with all kinds of prayers. In other words, he's not limiting it to one area. And there are all kinds of prayers. There's confession, there's worship, there's thanksgiving, there's adoration. You can write prayers in journals, you can... You can speak them out. You can be on your knees. You can be standing up. You can go on prayer walks. Whatever and however, there are all kinds of glorious prayers. You can pray scripture. You can pray what's on your heart. You can pray small prayers like breathing them out. Or you can have a long conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I tell you what, all kinds of prayers in every way, in all occasions, build it into your life. Build it into our church. Build it in the direction we're going. That at every staff meeting there's prayer. Before every service we pray for half an hour here. We encourage it at every level because prayer has to fill every corner of our lives. Why? Well, because it makes such an amazing difference when prayer is present. You know... You know, all the time, it talks about perseverance. It talks about persistence. Keep alert with all perseverance. Keep alert. Keep going. Keep pushing in. Keep doing that. It's like the Lord has given us his armor to live our life, and now it is our job clothed in the armor to call down heaven and start to pray and start to believe. What is it, Psalm 119 that says seven times a day, I will praise you, Lord. Seven times a day, I'll praise you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if through seven times a day we praise the Lord, we keep praising the Lord? You know, I was at a conference with church planters recently and suddenly at about 10... 25, all of their phones went off in this hall. There was about 200 church planters. And there was this beep, beep, and all of this going on. And, and I looked around, I thought, how rude. 
They should switch off their rude church planters. And they go, gosh, I always switch my phone off. Well, mostly last night I didn't and it was ringing. Um, but how rude. And, they, and, and then I discovered that actually there's a verse, I don't know which verse they do, but it's, it's the verse about praying that God will raise um, those for the harvest field and call them out in um, like... I don't know, Matthew 10 or some verse. And they set it for the exact time of the verse. And every day across Canada, that alarm goes off and hundreds of church planters stop instantly and pray that the Lord will raise up more church planters in the nation of Canada. Seven times a day. I thought, I like that. I love it. I want to do that. I'm going to set, that's You may hate your phone, but God has blessed you with your phone that seven times a day, you've got a difficult situation. You've got problems with your life. You are battling with a problem. Set the alarm on that smartphone. And every time it buzzes, pause, breathe, pray, give it to God. And seven times a day, say, God, I need you to break in with my business. God, I need you to help me with that problem. God, I want my child to come back to Christ. And I'm not going to stop until you break. Bring the breakthrough. God, seven times a day. So, so uh, it could be annoying for your family as well, though. So you might want to put it on vibrate. But it'd be, it's wonderful. How seriously do we take that? And, and we understand that it's, that it's about pray for the saints all the time. It's about intercession for all the saints. Build a rhythm, build times into your day, involve God in your life and realize that all the saints, what does this mean for all the saints? Um, When it uses the word saints here in the scripture, in this word, it means those who are common, who have been made special. They were once common but now they are unique. I love that. In other words, it actually uses the phrase, it can be linked to the idea of the tabernacle, using common things like fabrics and, and, and poles and materials and creating something that is divine where God dwells. So you were once common and now you are a saint. You are special. You are a child. You are loved by God. And he says, he says, listen, we need to pray for one another and take it seriously that we bless each other, that we pray for each other, that we support each other, that we are able to connect with each other and say, I'm going to pray for these people. And we can only do that in our areas of influence. Um. But God, when you're living a rhythm of prayerfulness and you are persistent and you are regular, there's something that happens. God gets more and more involved in the details of your life, it seems. This is what I've observed. People who don't regularly pray, I don't see God being involved as directly them seeing it. Because somehow we focus and the more we spend time with him, the more we see him at work. I was wondering about how to explain this, pray for all the saints. It's important to follow your promptings. 
It's important that at times you feel prompted to make a difference that you do that. Let me explain. See, right now there's a, there's a prompting happening. Let me explain this. I, I have a habit that if I know somebody's in a difficult time, I pray for them and I'll, if a scripture comes to mind or I have a scripture available, I'll often send them a scripture. It's lovely how God starts to work. Um, a dear person had been, um, ha- had a shock that they had to have a, um, an operation. And I, I became aware of this. And that morning I was praying for them. And as I was praying for them, I had a verse come to mind and a verse that I would use. And what I didn't know was that person had got up in the morning, opened their Bibles and were praying and wrote down a verse and God gave them a verse. And in the afternoon, I text this verse to them and said, praying for you. I know this is difficult. I know it's a shock. But this is a verse that I'm praying over your life right now. So it went. So they received it and they were blessed. Somebody in the course of their day came in and they were chatting to them. They said, well, let me explain. And this person was in trouble and felt anxious. Even this morning, I've got to face something quite large medically. But I was in prayer this morning and this verse came and it really blessed me. And then this verse came and it really blessed me. And this person, as it looked at the two verses, explained it to this other person. Are you following me? Suddenly, it said, oh, those are great verses. Can you write them down? So, wrote down the verses. And because of the two translations, they didn't realize that it was the same verse. Like, wow. And so God spoke through text in stereo that God spoke. And they were like, whoa, that's a God instance. Praying for people and getting that little prompting. It may seem ridiculous. I just had a scripture come to mind. But God had already got it planned that that scripture was spoken in the morning. And this one was delivered in the afternoon. Didn't notice the connection. But God always notices the connection. What is the connection in that story? Somebody praying in the morning and somebody else praying for them. And God brings the two prayers together like Peter and Cornelius. And God brings them to a divine appointment moment. That's a little example. Another example. In our own lives, uh, it's, it, were, it was a difficult week this week. And um, you have difficult weeks. And I know it was a difficult week for Michelle. And she said to me at the beginning of the week, I feel really low. I feel really blue. I feel really down. And, and we, we prayed together. We talked a bit about it. We couldn't get clarity. It just felt... Miserable. I don't know if you've had those days you, in those weeks. Do you have those times? And yeah, yeah, you do. Most of you do. The rest of you walk on water. And, and it's one that, you know, we have bad weeks. Pastors' wives and pastors, we have tough weeks. And it's like, oh, yeah. And it went on for a number of days. And we sat there and uh, talking about this over a couple of days and the feeling of, 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 um, just kind of like a spiritual battle or, or a dullness or a, a sadness. Well, a dear sister had a, a, had a dream about Michelle that um, 
one, that, that week. And then that morning, got up, and it was, a, it was a lovely spiritual dream that they felt, oh, maybe there's something in that. Oh, and wrote a text and said, here is this, I just had this for you. I've been praying this over your life, and I had this little dream, and, and maybe it will mean something. And, and she just opened it on the, on, the, uh, on the smartphone, looked at this, read this text, and at that moment, God spoke, and whatever was battling over her life was suddenly lifted and went. And she said, Phil, it was amazing. It was like, no, you don't understand. That person was praying for me, and God ministered, and something just lifted. We all need that, don't we? We need a church that prays for each other and will step out for each other. A friend of mine is having, has had cancer operation. He's, been, he's 50 years old, he won't mind me telling this story, and been diagnosed with, with cancer and been straight into the hospital and had a massive operation this week. Before he went into the... Um, uh, into the hospital, he came to our staff meeting and our staff gathered around and we just prayed and prayed for about 40, 45 minutes for him. And whenever we hear people have cancer and they're open to this, we invite them to the staff meeting and we spend the whole staff meeting just praying for them that God will be at work. That's appropriate, isn't it? You want your pastors to battle for you. And the staff and others. And we, we were talking and, and we were praying. And, and, um, and in the middle of it, he just said, oh, I just want to share something. He said, this was Tuesday morning, he said, I, um, I remember because they came around to our house and we had an evening. And at the end of the evening, it was towards New Year. We said, uh, we have this little thing where we're just going to, well, if there's a word that captures for the coming year of what you're going to do... Or, or you feel that the Lord may put on your heart or a word that means something. Let's write it down and do it. My word was proclaim. 2015, I want to proclaim the gospel and invite people to give their lives to Jesus. And his word was peace. Not knowing that five months later he'd be diagnosed with an aggressive cancer. And peace. And he sat in the staff meeting and he said, you know, I hadn't thought about that moment when I was praying with the Collinses and I, I, we talked about a word for 2015 and, um, and it was peace. And just last night I remembered it and I, lo- I thought it was peace. And he said, in the middle of this darkest time of my life, I can testify that God's peace has been there. Well, meanwhile, Michelle's on the runner running and praying for this, for Pete, praying that God will be with him, praying promises that they've had in the middle of this storm over his life and praying and praying. And suddenly she has this sideways thought, oh, at Christmas we had that little moment and we talked about words and I wrote them all down in my, in my journal. I wonder what that word was for Pete. I'll pray it over him. So she went off the runner, and of course, this was why she's having a lousy week. It's a horrible week for Michelle, but she's still on the runner, and God's still speaking to her. Don't you just love God? And, and goes and just says, um, looks it up, and there it is. And she goes, whoa, it's peace. Texts them and said, um, said, I just want to remind you, I've been praying this over you, but the word that you said you wanted to hold on to for 2015 was peace. 
And he texts back and says, that's amazing because last night I hadn't thought about it for five months. It came to me last night and in the staff meeting this morning when they prayed for me, I shared with them that I was in a place of peace and that was the word the Lord whispered to me for 2015. What does this tell you? It tells you something that's really important, friends. It tells us that when we pray for all the saints, we are encouraging them by our prayers. It tells us that when people are struggling, you can pray for them and the little text can bring the greatest difference. A phone call, a letter, a moment. That on all occasions include God. That on all occasions, set our phone, that it beeps seven times a day and pray for that issue. Even once a day would make a difference. On all occasions, a variety of prayers in your life, a variety of approaches is good. That you can leave today and you can decide, I am going to pray differently. I am going to act differently. I am going to build it into my life. And I'm going to learn to what? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. That when you spend persistent time with the Lord, friends, suddenly the Spirit gets involved in your life. You've got too many dear friends that need too much encouragement, need encouragement. Isn't it lovely when you can be Gently use. You say, but what about if it's not from God and I get a scripture? Well, as long as it's encouraging, as long as it's kind, as long as it's edifying, it's the only things I do, then, um, then send it anyway. And they've just got a nice thought. Hallelujah. But there are divine moments. But if you don't build rhythm of prayerfulness in your life, you will lose the divine moments. And am I rubbing God by my lack of prayerfulness? Am I rubbing God? Am I rubbing others around me because I can't be bothered on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, always persevering for all the saints? God, that's the kind of prayerful church the Lord wants to build here because that's the kind of prayerful church that was built in the New Testament, where we really pray and bless. And that means you've got to tell people. You've got to be willing to put it out there. You've got to say, I'm going through this. Don't be stoic and stand alone. Let us know. One thing I can guarantee, we're not perfect church, but I can guarantee that we, we do pray for people. And we pray for each other. And we keep praying for each other. Let it be part of our rhythm and our life. Let's stand together. At the end of our time, just one question I have for you. What are you going to do different this week? And what is the Lord asking you to do?
One little step forward to make prayer a delight and not a duty. One little moment. And pray about that. As we start to worship. And also at the end of this time, you may want to text somebody with a blessing. Somebody will come to mind. Why not do that? Or phone somebody today and just pray for them over the phone. Or just allow the Lord to speak and to minister. I don't know. Apply it to yourself. But do something you haven't done before for this week. And step in. And make that difference in your life. And allow God to come in. And to work in every situation. Hallelujah. We'll worship as we do this. And we will take our tithes and offerings as an act of worship as well. So we pass it around. And and we thank the Lord that the Lord's so good to us in that area. And uh, that is, if you're visiting, do let it pass by. But come back next week for part two of how we learn to pray in the Spirit. And the difference that Christ can make right now.